taking your life from pain to purpose to passion with mental health speaker and coach Charlene Madden on episode number 204 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. I have no idea what that means at that age. I just think now on top of the stigma of being child, you know, sexual abuse victim, I'm crazy on top of it. So I just remember the school psychologist patting me on the back and saying, don't worry, you're going to be okay. Why is this other adult telling me that I'm going to be okay? And, you know, if you need to talk, come talk. That was the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't want to talk about anything. I just wanted to pretend that none of this was happening. Hi there, this is Anne Papiotti, co-author of The Gift of Shit. Discover the key within to unlock your best life. Here on Dr. Brad Miller's podcast, The Beyond Adversity Podcast, he helps you crush adversity and discover your life with peace, prosperity, and purpose. Listen in. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello again, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, episode number 204. Uh, how awesome, how uh, privileged I am to have you join me today on this podcast where we seek to help you to grow through what you go through navigating adversity, crushing adversity, so you can have your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Today, we're brought to you by the... The 40-Day Way, which is the coaching process that helps you to develop your own personal life plan, a process by where you can overcome adversity and have a plan to succeed in life. You can head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40-Day Way to get more information about this and to connect. Of course, here at uh, drbradmiller.com, we have over 200 episodes of this podcast, which are meant to be helpful to you in your life to overcome the five D's of adversity, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. And we're here to be helpful to help you to do just that. Today, the question is, has to do with mental health, with the processes that we go through when we are devastated by abuse, by mental depression, by sexual abuse, by other factors in our life which bring us down. We need people to help us, to guide us, to give us some direction there. Our guide today, our guide today is Charlene Madden from charlenemadden-speaker.com. She's going to tell us today and share with us an incredible story of her own life, which descended, descended into uh, just a really uh, poignant and sometimes terrible story of depression and abuse, sexually and otherwise, and how she was in a bad, bad place and really impacted her childhood and into her adulthood in many different ways. So she became familiar with abuse and with mental illness in that context. And so if that's a part of your story, she can connect with you. She can, you're going to feel that emotion with her and our story here today. And she speaks candidly 
about her experiences and how it's been a struggle for her. But today, under talking to Charlene, we're also going to learn her story about how you can get out of hopelessness and darkness and how you can rise up out of the ashes and, in her process, pursue a life of passion and purpose. And as she talks about in our conversation, make a decision to embrace the knowledge that you are worth it, you deserve it, and you can, uh, that you can have it. So I just invite you to listen to our story to, to, uh, story to, to, uh, today with Charlene Madden. She's going to invite you to listen to the voice in your head that asks and answers the question, what about me? What about you? And she helps us to process that. When we come back on the other side of the, inter- of the interview with Charlene, we're going to learn about a couple of specific things that you can do to ask and answer the question, what about you? Our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast is Charlene Madden from charlenemadden-speaker.com. Let's get into that conversation right now. Reverend Dr. Brad Miller here with you on the Beyond Adversity podcast. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through helping you to navigate adversity to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We love to talk to people who have done just that, including our special guest here today. Her name is Charlene Madden. She has quite the story of tell overcoming some really dramatic circumstances in her life and coming through them to a better place in her life. And she offers workshops and other opportunities to help you to navigate difficult situations in your life. And I'll let her unpack what those situations are, but we welcome to Beyond Adversity, Charlene Madden. Welcome, Charlene. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is an honor to have you here on Beyond Adversity. As we mentioned, this is podcast is all about helping people to overcome adverse life events. And in your life, you've had some success in your life in the business world, but you've also had some real, real challenges in your personal life and other things. And just to kind of set the foundation of what we're going to talk about of what you offer to be helpful to people, Let's hear a little, a little bit about your story of some of the really challenging things you had to deal with in your life growing up. Yeah, my story kind of starts right from the very beginning of my childhood. I was born into a very dysfunctional family. My father was a violent alcoholic. And when I was three, my parents separated. My mom left my dad. And she took my two brothers and my sister and I had unfortunately to stay with my being an alcoholic. He really wasn't fit to look after two young girls. I, as I said, was three and a half. My sister was seven and a half. So about a weekend, he contacted my grandparents, my maternal grandparents, and asked if they would take us in. My grandmother didn't skip a beat. She said, absolutely, we will take them. She was an absolutely amazing woman, very strong. I think she was pretty advanced for her time. In age. She believed in women's independence, getting a great education, and she really instilled that into us growing up. My grandfather, on the other hand, was a pedophile, and I experienced nine years of sexual abuse at my grandfather's hands. When I was just over 12, everything kind of came out. My sister, who had experienced the worst of the trauma, um, kind of had a nervous breakdown at school, and uh, that's when it all came out. My grandfather was arrested, my grandparents divorced, and another family has broken up for me. I go into high school. I didn't receive any follow-up counseling after the abuse came out. 
I kind of remember some anchor moments of the social worker just kind of patting me on the back and saying, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And at that age, with everything that had gone on in my life, I didn't know what okay was. So I go into high school and now I'm really struggling. I'm dealing with depression, mental health issues. I'm cutting. I'm, I've got suicidal ideology and I am just doing the best I can. And I found writing to be a passion. I was able to pour my emotions and my feelings out onto paper. And I always said I poured ink out onto paper rather than blood because at times it was one or the other. And uh, But when you're writing such dark stuff, it tends to draw attention. And I was pulled aside by my English teacher who said, I'm concerned about your writing and I want you to go talk to the guidance counselor. And guidance counselor says, I want you to talk to a school psychologist. And off I go to the school psychologist. I spend a day or an afternoon with the psychologist and I come out with a diagnosis of bipolar manic depressive. Now I have no idea what that means at that age. I just think now on top of the stigma of being a child, you know, sexual abuse victim, I'm crazy on top of it. So I just remember the school psychologist patting me on the back and saying, don't worry, you're going to be okay. And I was like, why is this other adult telling me that I'm going to be okay? And she just, you know, if you need to talk, come talk. That was the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't want to talk about anything. I just wanted to pretend that none of this was happening. So I throw myself into school. I managed to graduate high school. I move away as far, well, not as far away as I could, but I move away from the town I grew up in because I think that geographically, if I change locations, my life will change, but it didn't, of course. And I've moved with my high school sweetheart and we eventually get married. We have three children and I am just trying to keep it together, but I wasn't doing any work that I needed to do on getting better. I was just drinking. I was pretty bad alcoholic at that point, just trying to numb whatever pain I could at the time. So I get to be the age of 28. My son is a year and a half and I feel like I am so stuck in darkness that my only way out is to end my life. And I want to do nothing more than commit suicide. And I realized that my children are going to be the ones that are going to find me. At this point, my marriage has pretty much fallen apart, but I do the best thing I can. And I decide I'm going to leave the household because I'm not a fit mother. I'm not, you know, I'm not a fit wife at this point. I'm not fit anything. So I move out. I moved my mother-in-laws and within a month, I was into another relationship because I just need someone to love me and to tell me that I'm okay. And unfortunately, the person that I got into the relationship with was not okay themselves. And as we know, like attracts like, so I was very dysfunctional. So that's exactly what I attracted. Um, this relationship started okay, but it didn't take very long for the relationship to get abusive. And two years into the relationship, after an evening fight where I was physically assaulted and he left the apartment, I decided I was going to take my life. <coughs> I went to the bathroom, took as many pills as I could find and sat down to write my goodbye letters to my children. And if anyone's ever even contemplated doing that, 
it is the hardest thing you could possibly imagine doing. But that act saved my life because I realized that by taking my life, I was abandoning my children like I felt my parents had. And I had enough sense at the time to call a cab. I went to the emergency room and was sitting at the registration desk when I collapsed. And I woke up with tubes down my throat. And I got out of the hospital the next day and my mom contacted me and said, I think you need to move across the country. You need a change. And this kind of just reinforces my need to run because I think that's going to solve everything. You know, if I relocate, everything will be better. I move across the country and things aren't better. My partner who I had been with followed me out and that relationship stayed extremely dysfunctional and violent. And it was in 2014 that he actually left the relationship. He had started dating someone else and left. And about two and a half months after he left, I had a police officer come into my work and tell me that they had found his body. He had committed suicide. Huh. Wow. And I was devastated, needless to say. And it was hard on my, my children. And about two weeks after this happened, I started feeling almost an uncontrollable anger. And I remember sitting with a good friend of mine and she was like, well, of course you're angry. It's one of the stages of grief is anger. And I said, no, I'm not angry that he's gone. And I'm not angry he took his life. I'm angry he did it first. Hmm. Because he has now robbed me of my opportunity to end my life because I've now seen the pieces that you have to pick up after this. I've seen the loss. I've seen the grief. I've experienced the grief. How could I possibly do this to anybody I love after witnessing it? So I throw myself into my life and I just keep, you know, that facade that I was so good at maintaining and, but it never lasts. Of course, I had tried going to a psychiatrist and, uh, you know, was doing some work with her. And I remember I had received a life insurance policy from my, my ex-partner and had bought, decided I was going to buy a house. Now, my reasoning for buying the house was it was going to be what I was going to leave to my children because I was already back to the state of wanting to not be here. Yes. And I remember the psychiatrist was so excited that I was buying this house because I was making plans for the future. And that's great. But what she didn't understand was I was making very short-term your mind, plans. Your mind was different, a different place. It, your mind it, was yes, um, exactly. making exactly. plans, not for your future, yeah. but for your kid's future in a way, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. So my plan was after I got the house to that a month later, because I knew I would, it would take me a month to get everything in, get settled, set up. Um, the following month, I was taking my life. So this was, I bought the house in September. October, I was had the date picked out. And I had had a friend and a coworker who found this woman's workshop that was local. And she says, I really want you to come with me. I don't want to go by myself, but I really want to go. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't know. And of course, I always wanted to take care of other people. So hmm. I said, okay, sure, I'll go to this workshop. Now, the workshop started on a Saturday. The date I had planned to take my life was the Monday. Okay. So I showed up the Saturday morning to this workshop with the hunting rifle already in the back seat of my car because I am going to shoot myself on Monday. So you have very and clear and definite detailed plans going on, didn't you? Oh, I had the location, the time, everything was was all it was all picked out. 
So it yeah. was just two days I had to. <coughs> so I walked into this room at this workshop and felt sick to my stomach right away because I felt like I, it was just another place I didn't belong. All these women in the room were so excited about life. They were making plans. And here I was going, you know, like, I'm just trying to get through two days. And these ladies are planning what they're doing in the next year, next five years. It's like, I don't belong here. And it just kind of reinforced how, what I had always felt. So I'm listening to the first couple of speakers and not they're not connecting at all because they're talking about health and wellness and they're talking about finances. And those are two areas that I don't care about at all at this point. And then a speaker gets on stage and she is bald as a baby's butt and she's got <laughs> alopecia, which means she's lost all of her hair. Right. right. And she's standing on stage and she's talking about how she developed self-love and how it impacted her life and how it changed everything. And I was sitting there and I can kind of hear this little voice in the back of my head. And it says, what about you? And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, how different would my life be if I actually loved myself? If yeah. I stopped, stopped searching for the love that I didn't get as a child, you know, that I didn't get in my relationships. What if I just loved myself and it was enough? So the next speaker gets on and she starts talking about living with mental illness and how for the last two decades she had struggled with it. And how she had learned to embrace it and accept it as being part of her life and loving herself, even though she has it. And now I can hear that little voice in the back of my head again going, what about you? And I was thinking, yeah, what if I could learn to not only love myself, but accept that as being a part of me as well? Instead of fighting it, what if I just said, you know what, this is me. This is how, what I'm experiencing. How can I move forward with it? And then the last speaker gets on stage and it's a gentleman and he's talking about how he suffered from addiction, how he was planning on taking his own life and how he had been spent so many years in darkness and he, he had kids and he, you know, spent, he'd spent the last year trying to find the perfect mix of of painkillers and alcohol so that he could have an accidental um, overdose yeah. in the eyes of anybody who right. would look on it because he was a life insurance salesman. So he knew what he had to do. Yes. And he happened to find that right mix of drugs and alcohol on an evening that he had his children and he didn't get his children very often. And he remembered laying on the couch, slowly slipping away and overdosing and knowing that he was going to die and his children were there. Yes. And he heard a little voice in his head screaming, no, not like this. This isn't how it's supposed to happen. And he called 911. Got, they saved his life, obviously. He got clean, got help. And now he was going and sharing his stories to other people who needed hope. Now, at this time, this little voice is like screaming at me now, this voice inside my head. And it is like, what about you? Yes. And I just sat there and went, maybe I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be in this moment. Maybe these three stories were messages I was supposed to hear, that I was worthy of love, that I could love myself, that I could embrace every part of me the good and the bad, 
and that I could take all of this garbage that I had experienced in my life, I could take that mess, make it a message, and go out there and offer hope to other people, to let people know it's okay to feel this way, but you don't have to stay that way. And at that moment, everything shifted in my life, and I decided I was going to live. And not only was I going to live, I was going to thrive. I was going to go out and make an impact so someone else that was in the same spot as me could be saved. Okay. And that is my, my purpose. Yes. And hit the pause there for a second, because I know this is the next step of the story. But let's just to reframe this, that you had just an incredible story of mayhem in many ways. You you had sexual mm-hmm. abuse. You had the breaking up of the family. You you know, I I have to assume there was a lot of deceit and a lot of other things going on in the family growing up. As far as I could tell, you had at least two to five suicidal episodes in your life from a young girl to an adult. And then you Mm -hmm. witnessed suicide with other folks and, you know, Mm -hmm. alcohol and other things involved in your kids and messed up relationships. You just had a series of really, you know, adverse life events happening to you just Mm -hmm. with the, possibility of crushing you. And then you had a couple of details in there that I think are interesting that you mentioned that you went off with your, you loved your grandmother, but your grandfather is the one who abused you and your sister. Did your grandmother know about the abuse that was going on? I'm just curious about that one. Uh, She did not fully say that she knew about the abuse, whether, yeah, whether she did, I'll never know. My grandmother's no longer there was denial. It is, what am I getting at? There was something amiss there as well. There was uh-huh. had, had to have been uh-huh. denial or something like that as well. And so you had, uh-huh. even with the best of relationships you had, there was, you know, still some issues there. So, yeah. Yeah. and so you got all this and you come to this pivotal moment of taking action and where you, where you, whether you had the intention or not, your action was to be helpful to your friend to go to this event Uh and you were helped in this process. So what I want to key on with you for just a minute or two here now, Charlene Uh is action. What actions you took, you know, you went to this, this workshop, this event, but what actions you took then to actually transform your life to kind of where you're at now, helping others. What are some of the things that you you did and are doing? Mm. Well, my first step was when I left the workshop, I contacted a friend and said, I need you to take my guns. I contacted my employer and I said, I need to, I had a good relationship with, I said, I need you to take all the medication in my house. I had been diagnosed with a chronic pain disorder. I have fibromyalgia. So I, you know, had medication in the house. So I, I took the step of eliminating any options kind of at the time. But the biggest thing I did, the biggest action I took was I got radically honest with myself. And by saying that, I really looked at, where I was at, what I needed to change in my life and what I wanted in my life. Um, Because I had spent so much of my life just worrying about what everybody else wanted, making sure my kids were, you know, good. And, and I needed to go, what do you want to do with this life that you've been gifted with again? And, and I think honesty was the, one of the biggest steps that, that I took. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Cause that's dealing with the physical, situation at hand, you know, the crisis uh-huh. at hand is that you had right. guns and alcohol and, you know, drugs in the house. 
that had to go. So you had to make those hard calls. I'm sure they were to people in your life who you had to have some trust in and say, Hey, I'm in trouble. I'm in crisis. Help me get me out of this crisis. And then you had to be really dead honest with yourself. And that's the choice you were making then. Okay. I'm not in my life. I'm going to get forward here, go forward here. But now what, you know, now what do we do? We got to be honest about this situation. In this process, Charlene, I love the fact that you started this process of being honest with yourself because that that has to do with the, you know, the inner life, the mental life, you know, the the emotional well well being that you have to choose to move forward in. I'm also interested in the uh, most people I know who've had made some significant transformation in their life have had some sort of a spiritual element involved with their transformation. And, you know, for us, it's 12-step and alcoholic anonymous is, you know, the part of the 12-step process is a higher power. Was there any kind of a spiritual or process here that went on with you that was part of your transformation situation? It could be religious. It could be meditative. It could be through another person. Was there anything that you kind of went, okay, this is something I'm connecting to something greater than self? Yeah, and I, I mean, my my spirituality is definitely strengthened as I've as I've gone on. But I would say I kind of had a love hate relationship with God at, at this point when all of this was happening. Yeah. I blamed him and and you know wondered why you know he kept punishing me because that's how I looked at it as you know like why are you punishing me with all these you know trials and tribulations that I've gone through in my life. And, and again, getting to the honesty part is recognizing that as angry as I was, um, I always had that, that was the one thing that was always there for me that, you know, even though I felt so abandoned from, you know, my, in my parents, my grandparents and my relationships, that feeling of having some higher power there with me was always the one constant. And I believe that that is why I ended up at that workshop. And that was that voice that I was hearing. You know, it was definitely divine hands in that situation. And and it's, you know, I, I tell people, I, I almost felt like after after I made the decision to live, everything started to click. Everything started to fall into place in my life. And I felt like it was, you know, whatever your belief is, whether it's, you know, God, universe, spirit, whatever it is, source, I felt like it was almost like a collective sigh where it went, finally, you know, we've been waiting for you to, you know, we've been giving you opportunities to learn these lessons. You finally found them. Pay attention. Well, I like uh to call those sometimes divine appointments, you know, where you don't really understand how you ended up in a certain place or a certain feeling or a certain person that mm-hmm. you connect up with. And that's, that's small, that voice that you sensed partly was, you know, the voices of the actual speakers and so on, giving you some knowledge and some of their experience, but you were hearing a voice that was an inner voice that was almost having a dialogue here with what was going on. And that was part of the transformative process for you as well. Is that a fair way of framing what you were going yeah, through? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Doing now processes. How do you live life now? You know, what you talk, I know you have these workable ideas that you talk about and you have action steps 
that you help teach. But what are some of the ways that you live your life now? Especially, you know, you were kind of out of control and chaotic before. Now you must have some more, oh, for lack of a better word, discipline or regimen or something in your life. Tell us about how your life changed and what do you do now? I have definitely implemented some self-care and self-love practices during my day. I start my day off, you know, I, I do a lot of reading and I, you know, encourage everybody I work with to find some some information that, you know, will help them. I, I do a lot of journaling now it's and it took me a while to get used to writing not in a depressive state but I like to brain dump because sometimes I feel like I still get a lot of thoughts and stuff rattling around in my head so I like to write that stuff down I I practice gratitude and that's been one of the biggest practices that I've you know really implemented in into my life is being grateful for every small thing because, you know, there was a time when I would have missed out on all of the small things. So that's some of the, yeah. and some of the things I work with, with the, the my clients. Well, and the uh, practicing gratitude part of things is wonderful. And that journaling is another great practice. There's an inner life practice there. And the gratitude can be kind of an inner life thing too, but also can be in how you give back to others, be grateful and thankful and be a contributor to, to others. And it seems like that's what you're doing now. And I believe, you know, believe people who really transform their lives really have an element of love of others now in their life and not love of others. That's kind of self-serving, but love of others that is just, you know, truly grateful. And you're doing that now through some of your teaching and some of your leadership and your women's workshops. So tell us about how you give back now to others particularly maybe those who have some similar, you mentioned how at this workshop, you said, I want to give, you know, I want to do help people basically in my position. So what are you doing now? Tell us about what you offer and what people can find at your website and other ways that you can be helpful to their lives. After that workshop, I had actually approached the organizer and I said, talk to you about possibly being a speaker next year because of the impact this workshop had on my life. I didn't go into a lot of detail at that moment, but I did sit down with her a few months later tell her what my experience was. And she was like, yes, you absolutely need to come. So the very next year I spoke at that event. That was my first live speaking engagement. And I remember saying that just before I got off the stage was that my goal and my purpose that I feel now is that I want to share my story so that I can save a life. I just want people to know they're not alone and, you know, they don't have to struggle alone through all of this. And I said, if I can save a life, everything that I went through, all of the, the pain and the heartache and the struggle would be worth it. And I remember getting off the stage and I was getting ready to walk out of the room and a woman approached me and she said, do you know how you said you wanted to save a life? And I said, yeah. And she goes, I just want you to know that you did. And she turned and walked away. Wow. And I was kind of like, and I get goosebumps every time I tell that story. And I've told it like four times today, but I, for me, it was like, that's awesome. Let's go save one more. Yeah. Right. Like one is that great, may- but there are millions of people out there that need to, to have hope. So now I, I go around and I, I do speaking. I started my own workshop. That workshop that I attended had actually stopped happening. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, well, this is so sad that she's not hosting these workshops anymore. And I heard that little voice in the back of my head saying, but what about you? 
And I was like, oh, here we go again, right? It's like, okay, I can host the workshop. So I started organizing and plan. So I've held two. The first one was live. The second one last year was was virtual. So once yeah. a year, I, I bring speakers in and I do coaching and and I just try to reach out and share my story of hope. And I'm assuming that there's been more more stories as well besides that initial person and so tell us a little bit about about maybe a person who you're coaching and you mentioned in the workshop here maybe you're coaching or your workshops who has been touched tell us about at least one more person Mm, i actually was working with a woman she moved away not that long ago but i was working with a woman whose daughters both of her daughters struggle with mental health struggles and she didn't struggle that much herself, but she needed a different perspective to come and and know how to relate and talk to her kids. And she wanted to, to have some, uh, her, because her daughters weren't open to counseling or coaching or anything like that. So she kind of wanted to know what she could do in ways to help her daughters to kind of step out of, or as I always say, rise out of what they were going through. So I worked with her on, on some things that she could sit down and work with her daughters on. And, and, and she, you know, she's touched base with me and said that her daughters are both uh, thriving, that, you know, she's worked through um, stuff and she's got them journaling and doing gratitude journaling. So some of the things that I, I helped her do, she, you know, she's passed that along to her daughters. So well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what are folks going to find on your website? That's going to be helpful to them or the offerings that you have, or how could people get involved with your workshop? For instance, my workshop is, I do a lot of my stuff on Facebook, of course. Yeah. So Facebook is always the best way to get a hold of me. My, my website is really more for all my speaking appearances oh, and okay. stuff like that. It on Facebook, My workshop is called Ignite Your Life. So you can find that on on Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page, Charlene Madden, speaker and author, that I post on every day. And I try to, in the morning, drop a little little inspiration and some positivity into the world. And I also have a business that's called Ascension Wellness Studio. So that's where I run my coaching out of. So if you go to ascensionwellnessstudio.com, that's where you can do one-on-one coaching or coaching programs. So several opportunities here. We'll several. put links to all of this at our website, drbradmiller.com, and help so you can help the people. Just a dramatic story about great adversity, about old situations and sexual abuse and other things that you've overcome are just amazing. And I just want to say, you know, way to go. <laughs> Not everybody gets through this, you know, not everybody does. Uh, And you have, and that's a victory right there. So congratulations. And that is an awesome thing that you do. And also awesome that you're giving back and being helpful to others. Because that's what helps you to have a purpose in your life. And it's appreciated. uh And there are other people who will be appreciating what you are all about. All right. Fantastic uh, conversation with Charlene Madden there. Hope that you enjoyed and profited from that. Particularly, I know that this podcast today is speaking to some of you who are dealing with some of the similar situations that she talked about with abuse and mental health and depression and how that stems from childhood experiences and some things of that nature. Uh, Learn from her story and apply it to your life that you indeed can ask and answer the question, what about you? 
So here's what you can do about it based on what Charlene teaches. She has a complimentary resource at her website, which is at charlenemadden-speaker.com. You can also find her at ascensionwellnessstudio.com. But her resource that I'm referring to here that you can do something about is called the Wheel of of Life. And the Wheel of Life tool will help you begin the process of seeing where you currently are and where you want to go in your life. And it's a good starting point. And she has opportunities for coaching and other resources there as well. Charlene Madden's been our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast, where we're all about helping you to navigate adverse conditions in your life and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. My name is Dr. Brad Miller, and I've dedicated my life to helping you do just that. We have a free gift for you here, and our our podcast today is sponsored by The 40-Day Way. A 40-Day Way is the process, the coaching and training process by where you can develop your promised life plan, a written document that you can do that can help you begin to have a blueprint to moving your life from a bad state stuck in adversity to a state where you can grow through what you go through and then have peace, prosperity, and purpose. And you need this document. You need this resource to do that. Head on over to drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway for some more information about that. We're here to be helpful helpful to you at drbradmiller.com. We have over 200 episodes of this podcast, which will help you to navigate depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. And we're here every week to speak into your life. Until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller, and I just want to continue to encourage you to continue to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.